Welcome to Completely Healed Podcast. I'm Joanna, aka Juju Offbeat, if you're following me on TikTok. Now, if this is your first time, I welcome you. But if you have been rocking with me since episode one, season one, then welcome back, friend. I'm so happy that you are here. This podcast is geared toward women so that they may completely heal, be filled with grace, love, and mercy. This podcast is geared towards people who want to see the glory of God revealed through them. If that's you, you're in the right place. I am recording daily, if not weekly, on everyday topics, random questions that come to mind that no one has taken the time to truly answer. I'm honest, I'm loving, and I'm here to help you completely heal. Stay tuned for the next episode. Now starting. If our body is a temple, then we are a living sacrifice. And when people hear about sacrifice, they usually always tie it to money. But it's so much more than that. I've recently, in my first couple of episodes, talked a lot about yielding to the Holy Spirit. But I want you to follow this with me. Priests back then who were whose duty was to carry the Ark of the Covenant, the Levites, had to be consecrated a certain way and they carried to carry the ark of the covenant to be in the presence of God they had to be consecrated a certain way purity pure they had to remain pure and in Matthew one of the beatitudes is blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God but how do we see an invisible God How does he become tangible? Because the glory of God is the tangible presence of God. So your body becomes an altar. Your body becomes a temple. And if the Holy Spirit is within you, it is no longer your body. If that makes sense, you belong to God. So your body has to become a living sacrifice. Well, what do you do to keep a temple up? Well, everyone breezes past numbers. They breeze past Leviticus and Deuteronomy because no one wants to understand how the Levites kept themselves. But it's so much more easier than that because we're not required in depth how they did it. I'm going to tell you what it means to keep yourself. I know it's probably going to shock you. Prophetess Taryn, uh, a.k.a. Mama T, (laughs) with TNT Ministries, she revealed something to us one day. She said there's there's ways that you carry for yourself throughout the day. Um, Spend 30 minutes doing things that take care of your soul. 30 minutes to take care of your spirit. 30 minutes to take care of your body. Remember, God is a triune God. We have things in threes as well. Triune. (laughs) And what happens when you do those things is that you know that you have the energy to withstand what God asks you to do. 
if you never took care of your body, if you never treated your body as a temple, and you let anyone come into your temple, whether you want to take that figuratively or literally, I'm telling you, we're getting grown and explicit here. If you let anyone enter your temple, then how is that consecration? How is that being yielded? How is that making sure you keep yourself pure? The act of sin is not purity. It's all about your heart remaining. It's all about your spirit being broken. Psalm 51:17 The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God. You will not despise. And this is the ESV version. A broken spirit is not someone who sins. A a broken spirit is someone who remains dependent on God. Someone who knows that they can't do anything without God down to their core. Broken spirits depend on God for everything. Broken spirits come to a place of solitude, not a place of isolation, a place of consecration and and solitude. That Lord, what you are doing in me is, is important. It's so special. I don't want to defile myself with the things of this world. What I'm going to teach you guys to do right now is to follow scripture. If in Psalm 51 verse 17 says the sacrifices of God are broken spirit a broken and contrite heart oh God you will not despise God says something else about the heart Proverbs 4 verse 23 you hear Solomon say keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the springs of life other versions have said above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it and so if God's sacrifice the only sacrifice that he's accepting is a broken and contrite spirit a broken and contrite heart then you understand how much willingness of how many how much yielding how much how much of a sacrifice your heart is you're sacrificing your heart to God Why is everything wrapped around, don't love this world or anything that's in it? You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength. Let's go to it. We're real heavy on Bible today, so I hope you came prepared. Matthew 22, verse 37. We can continue reading the English Standard Version. Matthew chapter 22, starting from verse 34 to 40. This is called the Great Commandment. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. A second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And what bothered the Pharisees and the Sadducees so much is because how did Jesus come with this revelation beyond them? Because when they were reading, when they were reading the laws of Moses, they didn't catch that revelation that the law was was not meant for them to fulfill. But the law highlighted of how much they needed God, how much they depended on God. And for those who kept the law well, we have people in scripture who kept the law well. What did Jesus go back and say? Okay, leave everything and come follow me. You Since you followed all of the law, now leave everything and follow me. And most of them couldn't do it. A lot of them couldn't. You will see in scripture, they couldn't do it. It's because they didn't have a broken and a contrite spirit. A broken and a contrite heart. You'll hear spirit and heart used in the Bible interchangeably. They didn't have it. They were able to, of, of doing things. And it's a perfect example of how many Christians in this world are not going to make it to heaven just off of an act. We are not acting as a Christian. And that's why people will, will use that terminology and be like, that's not like you. She doesn't normally act like that. Christians don't act like that. No, Christian is not a role that we are into. We are disciples. Hmm. We are disciples. We are servants of a living God. We are not actors. So I'm not going to act. How does a Christian act? I don't act like a Christian because this isn't a movie role for me. This is my life. This is who I have become. So if you knew me as a different creation back then, I'm sorry. That creation has thence died. I will not remember the former things. Isaiah 43 verse 18 Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. God says it so blatantly and clearly. But why do you think that is that when you first read the scripture, it seems like it's impossible for you to do? There's seven revelations that you read through the Bible. Which level are you on? (laughs) Every day that you read scripture, every day that you're staying committed, the Bible is reading you to filth. The Bible cleans you out. You don't just read the word one time and think that you got it. That's what the Pharisees and the Sadducees did. They read it. They studied it. They became masters of it, but they only heard the word. They never did it. It never truly entered their heart. It never cleaned them out. They weren't subjected to the things of God. They wanted to do things their way like it was a checklist. How many people follow the YouVersion app? And you know that it counts the streaks. Well, one day I had got my streak all the way up to 230 something. I'm like, all right, we only got 100 more days to go in the year. All right, that's that's beautiful. And one day I was so busy doing other things. My job, taking care of uh, my son and all kinds of sorts of things. Bible study and those things. And I knew that I read the Bible that day because I have many versions of the Bible in my house. Many books of the Bible I have in my house. And the version app. But I like the version app. I roll up over in the morning and I would just get on. But one day I decided to read the physical Bible. I knew I read the Bible. My spirit knows I read the Bible. My soul definitely felt it. God knew I was reading as well. But according to the version app, I missed my streak. 235 days went all the way back down to one. 
And it hurt me so much. And God said, well, well, why were you reading the Bible? Why are you so attached to the number? Why are you so connected to the badges? Because these are things that people see. But I've spoken something different over you. Matthew 6, 4 says, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. It says your giving may be in secret. So how you are a sacrifice to God, that is this becoming your secret place. How do I how do I give to God that has everything? You think he won't tell you? Start following scripture Cain and Abel. It is not by accident that Abel's sacrifice was pleasing and acceptable to God. He said, Abel, I love Cain. I hate. Then you say, well, how could God hate that? God is not looking at the act, but he's looking in your heart. Are you a sacrifice? Are you a living sacrifice for me? You have to be in order to receive the the, the the level of Jesus because everybody has Jesus. But how much of Jesus do you have? Even the disciples, when Jesus when they turned into apostles, mm, did not all have the same Jesus. Peter was killing people. Peter was healing people with his shadow yanking people up. He said, silver and gold, I have not for you. Yanked someone up who was begging him for coins. I don't have that for you, but what I do have for you, get up. Because what you needed in that moment was not money. You needed power. You needed healing. Jesus said, the poor will be amongst you always. Some people think that, oh, I'm giving to the poor. I'm going to heaven. No, you're not. It is not about what we are doing here on this earth alone. And people, I I need you guys to transition from that. All of your good deeds amount nothing to God. They are filthy rags in his sight. What did he ask for? Love me with all of your heart. Everything you got. Everything in you. Love me. Be yielded to me. Take care of my temple. Do right by me. And everything that you're doing in secret, then I will reward you. People want it backwards. They want the reward in public for stuff that they're not even doing at home. Mm. And that's exactly what the Pharisees and the Sadducees were doing. And Jesus called them out repetitively, especially when they came for him. He didn't really bother them unless they unless they came for him. You wicked and brood vipers. Ah, when Jesus was speaking to him, he's like, how do you not understand the things that I'm saying? They are so simple. Even though he spoke in parables, <laughs> they were so simple to understand if he's really in you, if he's truly in you. And he said sometimes, it's like, I know why you don't understand me. It's because you are from your father, the devil. If that don't make you clutch your pearls for a second, if that don't make you just be like, oh, sis, okay, what? Jesus would call them out. He called people out for being faithless. Huh? Called people out for being faithless. Faith is the ability to manage the assignment that God's given you. What is the assignment over your life that God has given you? Some of y'all are already doing it and you don't think it's an assignment. You don't think it's an assignment to steward a child? to steward money to, uh, over your finances. 
then he's might have placed you in positions at work at a workplace. You're on an assignment. I need you guys to not think that just because you're working at a place that you're not on a divine assignment. You are not there to get money. My father has cattle on a thousand hill. He is not poor. My father has life that flows from him abundantly. And he has given it to Jesus Christ, whom Jesus Christ has given it to me. That means I have life and life more abundantly. Money comes to me. Mammon, the spirit of money comes to me, answers to me. If you don't have that kind of mentality, you're missing the level of revelation. The level of revelation I'm at right now for you, baby, I am ground zero for you. You should be doing far more better than even I am. And you soar and you soar and you continue to go higher. But are you, is your body a living sacrifice? Has your body become, has your temple that the Holy Spirit dwells in? The spirit of God himself dwells in you. How do you treat your temple? Because God can't just be done any type of way. And the reason why we go to church, thank you, Holy Spirit. The reason why it's important to actually be in the building, it's an act of discipline, not religion. Discipline. You're disciplining your body. I'm not going to be easy and comfortable when I'm learning the things of God because that is not the reality of this world. And then you get into this people playing church. By doing the mere acts of things. Oh, you take communion. Oh, you go to church, you sing on a choir. But what is your life like after church? Do you get in your car and start cussing up a storm? Do you get in your car and nothing went, in, it went inside of you? You're still depressed. You're still anxious. Do you get in your car and then someone cuts you off in traffic and you lose all of your religion? <laughs> as we like to say, as we coined the term. You're just playing church. If you can't pray for somebody and the hand of God be shown, the glory of God be revealed, you're playing church. Christ has not truly entered into you. <laughs> He's your, don't, don't get, it, it is a difference between, let me explain something. You know how Elon Musk is the what? The founder of Tesla. But Elon Musk himself is not in that Tesla driving, although his name, his logo you know what I'm saying? What he stands for, his company is on that. That's how God, that it's the same thing about us being the creation of God. God's handprint, his DNA is on everything in us, all around us. You, it's, it's impossible. It's everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. But that does not mean he shows up everywhere. He's, he's not manifested everywhere. That is why some people manifest God more than others. But these are just, we have signs of the believers. So if you aren't even in the realm of being a sign of a, a, a believer, oh, then we have an issue. We have a problem. Mark chapter 16, verse 14, the Great Commission. And if you go all the way down, we'll start in verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. (laughs) And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. 
they will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. And it continues, verse 19. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. That is the sign of a believer. It's in Mark 16. That is how you know. Go all the way down to the Great Commission. This is how you know if you are a believer. If you have signs that follow you. And the reason why people people lack power of the believer, they lack authority of the believer, is because you don't believe that God is really in you. You don't believe that he's in you. So you don't treat your temple accordingly. You disrespect. You don't sacrifice your temple. That is why tithes and offerings are important to give. Well, where do I get? Where? What? Why? So many people say, "Oh, no, no, no. God's not requiring that anymore." Oh, I don't know why you think God does. Well, God does not go against spiritual principles. That is how the enemy can get loopholes over you. That is why the enemy is called your accuser, and God listens to him. Hmm. People, uh, the spiritual realm is is guided by principles. Those who are not spiritual are those that are not believers. Even Satan himself is a believer. So what is wrong with the creation in this world where you don't believe? One, you believe God and you believe Jesus. You believe the Holy Spirit, but you don't believe that they dwell in you. You don't believe that they are the house that you live in. So you mismanage faith less. You mismanage what he's given you. You mismanage your finances. You mismanage being a sacrifice. I'm telling you, if you put into practice today, becoming a living sacrifice from your body to your soul, to your spirit. Mm, 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 mm. How do you do that? I'm going to tell you how. I set aside time. I mark off in my calendar and I set an alarm. Specific times throughout the day to spend with God. Blocked off. You will not be able to reach me because that time belongs to God. For me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. My house is my body. Many times when people have dreams, you'll have dreams of you in houses. Some of your houses look a mess. Some of the houses are cluttered. The house represents the heart. (laughs) For me and mine, yeah, we're going to serve the Lord. How do you take care of your body? Get up, exercise, because God is going to pull you. He's going to stretch you. You think that you becoming an influence, you being a billionaire, you being a millionaire, that he's not going to stretch you, that you're not going to have to go and speak in places, that you're going to have to go and do things. He's going to stretch your body. That's why you have to treat it right. Eat right. Cut down on that alcohol. Cut down on the smoking. Allow God to do a work in you. Don't think that you are the only, that you're the only one going through something. He said, there's nothing new under the sun. We all have vices, which means everybody's going through the same thing when it comes to sacrificing your body. It's the same standard for everybody. Oh, you like to smoke? Okay. Well, did you know that your lungs, if you look inside of your lungs, look at a, a, a X-ray of your lungs, an MRI of your lungs. Look at the, a model of your lungs. It looks like a tree. <laughs> and then what do they call weed? Tree. 
So you're replacing the healthy tree, the abundant tree that God gave you with a tree that is sticky, a tree that, yeah, may give you some kind of euphoric release, but it's putting something in you. It's injecting something in your blood that makes you dependent on it. Alcohol does the same thing. It enters the blood. If you ever notice doctors, when you go into the doctor's office, if they they don't know what's going on with you, they're speculating everything until they get the blood. What is in your blood? When you tithe, when you give, when you sacrifice to God, it is a blood sacrifice. You, You pour out your blood, your sweat, your tears. Where do you think all of your DNA makeup, all of the things that you have ingested about your life is in your blood if you have, if you're diagnosed with diabetes, they take a, 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 a HB1C, HBAC, HBA1C, hemoglobin. It's the average blood sugar levels for the last two to three months. I'm telling you, God is so calculated and orchestrated. He's, he, oh, he's a detailed God. He made it make sense. What you put in your body, your blood will tell. And the reason why our blood was not enough sacrifice, the reason why Abel's blood wasn't even a sacrifice when Cain spilt it. <laughs> because Satan tried it. Satan thought that, oh, this must be the blood that is required. No, 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 no. Jesus's blood was the only one that is pure enough to wash us white as snow. So when God sees you, God doesn't look at you because if God looks at you, it's ugly. It's filthy rags. He sees us through the lens of Jesus. What is the difference between looking and seeing? To see means to notice or become aware of someone or something by using your eyes. But to look means to direct your eyes in a particular direction. If God would look at us in a particular direction, (laughs) it's sin. For there's none without sin, no, not one. So he sees us through the lens of Jesus. He covers us. Everything that the, that the, the people before us, the generation before us spoke on. It's exactly what God is saying. But we don't recognize it. We don't recognize it. You don't believe that he's really in you. So you, you think that when you get up in the morning, it's just by accident. You getting up at specific times, you think it's by accident. No, God is within you. God is everywhere. But his presence is not manifested everywhere. So when God gives you, because God comes to everybody at a specific time in the night. And when he comes, his presence is manifested. Are you a believer? Do you believe that he comes to visit you? And Jeremiah says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Do you believe? The moment you believe... Because faith is different in believing. The moment you believe. I love that. Jesus always asked, do you believe? Before he performed a miracle, do you believe? If you don't believe, I'm, I, there's nothing I can do. That is why you have to move out of certain areas. People don't believe in you. People don't even believe in God. Why do you think that they'll believe in you? They don't believe that you will rise above poverty. They don't believe that you're a new creation. They don't believe that you're speaking like this. Girl, you used to be in the club. (laughs) You used to go from man to man, relationship to relationship, job to job. And now you're speaking about God. Now the glory of God is revealed through you. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. 
and it shows it's a reflection truly of themselves and their own heart posture and they're not ready and that is how you move out of those friendships out of those circles out of those cities out of those towns and that is the reason why Abraham himself had to leave how they knew you is going to affect how you operate with God how they knew you how they speak of you Aish, they're going to have to catch it from afar. They're going to have to catch it from a distance. Because if you hang out with an unbeliever, you will become like an unbeliever. That's why you're supposed to guard your heart above all else. For out of it flows the issues of life. If you hang out, I love the book of Proverbs. It's such a mighty book of wisdom. You hang out with fools and you will become one. (laughs) We got to get back to the basics at some point, somehow. But are you being a sacrifice? I'm not going to fill my body with sugar and alcohol, marijuana, drugs, people, men, women. I'm not going to fill my body with that. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to drink water. I'm going to fill my body so that when my spirit calls upon it because it needs it, Remember, your soul has to be in that body. Your spirit has to be in that body. And your spirit and your soul could want one thing. But if your body is not disciplined, if your body is not yielded to your own soul, to your own spirit, nothing can get done. Because a house divided amongst itself can't stand. Do you keep yourself disciplined? If God wakes you up in the middle of the night, do you go and do you pray? Lord, I'm here. Your servant is here. Speak, Lord. Do you have enough discipline to write it down? It's heavy. When you start doing what God asks you to do, you start seeing things that came to attack you fall off. You start seeing your life move with ease. Things will come against you absolutely because it's fighting the word of God that is within you. The word of God has to come out. The word of God in you needs to be made flesh. How does that happen? Discipline, obedience, sacrifice, yielding. I'm not going to cuss this person out. I'm going to fast. The art of fasting, the act of fasting is the ability to control your stomach, your mouth, your ears, your soul, and your mind. So you can consecrate, focus on God. Let me get back. And if fasting is not something you do once a year, you should live a fasted lifestyle. If you live a fasted lifestyle, when your pastor, your minister, whoever it is that has been given unto you, the ordained by God, when they ask you to go on a fast, it's not like it's going to be pulling teeth for you because you live a fasted lifestyle. Oh, we're fasting for 30 days? No what? No sweets? Oh, that's cool because, yeah, so what else? Then you start seeing that your level of fast becomes deeper and deeper to the point where it gets to, Lord, fasting for food is not a, okay, well, what else? It'll get to the point where you're going to take three days. You're going to go to a mountain. You're going to be before me. You're going to create a room. You're going to stay in that room. You're going to pray for hours on end. It's not going to bother you not to eat. It's not going to bother you not to drink water for three hours because you are completely consumed by me. I am living water. I give living water. <laughs> you, Your level of fasting increases as well. Many Christians are stuck on the Daniel fast. And we'll cover that a whole other day. But fasting is one of the ways. We fast for our souls, not for God, for our souls. To gain back control of our souls. To declutter, if you will. 
to realign yourself, to recommit yourself, it's not to hear from God because you don't need to fast to hear from God. Daniel thought he needed to fast to hear from God. And Gabriel came down and said, you didn't need to do that. Daniel chapter 9, verse 20, starts at verse 20, and it's titled, Gabriel Brings an Answer. Gabriel, who is Gabriel? Let's read about him. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel, and representing my plea before the Lord, my God, for the holy hill of my God. While I was seeking, speaking in prayer, the man, Gabriel, whom I'd seen in the vision at the first, came to me swift, in swift flight at the time of the evening sacrifice. Hmm. If we pause, let's pause there. So what Daniel is speaking of is fasting. He fasted for his people. You can fast for people. You can fast for people, Lord. They may not be able to do it, but hear me. I'm fasting for them. I'm sacrificing. I'm getting up at these hours. I'm withholding. I'm, I'm, I'm within me. I'm consecrating myself. Then he says, the man Gabriel. We all know Gabriel is an angel. We all know Gabriel is an angel. But why did he say Gabriel the man? Gabriel appeared as a man. Angels appear as men. They can appear as men. Not all of them, but they can appear as men. To whom I had seen in the vision at first came to me swift flight at the time of the evening sacrifice. Hmm. He made me understand speaking with me and saying, Oh, Daniel, I have now come to you to give you insight and understanding. At the beginning of your pleas for mercy, at the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out. And I have come to tell it to you, for you are greatly loved. Therefore, consider the word and and understand the vision. Mm. Gabriel is saying, and if you read later on the book, Gabriel tells like I was held up for 21 days by the prince of the air. And I had to call upon Michael to come and help me. But he said at the beginning of your plea for mercy, I heard you. Gabriel's responsibility is to reveal prophecy. (laughs) And he came down. He said, you didn't have to do that. I was already sent. I was sent because the people before you didn't deal with this. I had to deal with that before I could even come to you. And now that it has been done, I'm going to give you exactly what you want and what you need. And that's where it came from to where you have to fast in order to get an answer from God. That's exactly where that misconception came from. Mm-hmm. When you're fasting on behalf of your family, you can fast for them. Lord, what they didn't do in the beginning, what they didn't do, those who failed to succumb to your wisdom, to your knowledge, to your ways. Ah, let it be broken with me. Let it be broken by me. Let it be broken with me. What you wanted to do with them. And if you don't catch right now that we are speaking something in the air, if you're not catching the fire and the revelation right now, it's pertaining to you. This is now going to be your prayer. Father, when you, the next time you fast and you don't have to fast for 12 hours, you have to do the fast that God has ordained for you to do. How do I know that God has ordained me to do a fast? God will carry you through that fast. Why do you think not everyone in the Bible fasts for 40 days and for 40 nights? Not everyone had that level to do it on. What did God ask you to do? What did he, what did he assign for you to do? You will know. You will know. You will know. 
He sustains you through it. It's not something that you have to think about. It just takes over. It becomes you because you are completely surrendered. Holy Spirit, let's get it. We getting up in the morning. I'm doing everything you want me to do. I'm praying for these people. I'm, I'm finding scripture. I'm teaching them the word. Waking me up past but before my, my alarm clock, two hours before I set my alarm. <laughs> You're waking me up, consecrating me, dropping messages in my spirit. And when I wake up in the morning, my ability to perceive them matters. If I am not yielded to the Holy Spirit, if my body is not subjected to my spirit, because you have to rule over your own spirit. Hello. If you are not able to do that, what good are you to God? If you won't even listen to yourself, (laughs) how are you going to listen to God? What good are you to God? He can't do nothing with you because you're divided amongst yourself. So you won't be divided in him. You're going to be divided in him. Excuse me. He said, Moses was faithful in all my house. Uh Uh-huh. You got, and you, and you see that Moses was, was a different class. He spoke to God face to face. The glory of God was revealed through Moses on his face. Spoke to Moses face to face. And later in, and later on in the podcast, when we're ready for that level of revelation, I'll tell you exactly who spoke to Moses. Mm-hmm. So in the consumption of today, wrapping up today's podcast, one, are you a believer? Because signs will follow. And is your body, which is a temple, a holy temple, is it fat sacrifice to God? Do you honor God in your body? Do you honor God with your body? What temple does God visit and come down? Because God cannot dwell in a place that he is not accepted. Your body has the ability to reject God. Hmm. Your soul has the ability to reject God. Your spirit is of God, so it can't. And that is why you must lead with your spirit, never with your flesh. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this word was uplifting, encouraging, empowering, and that it truly begins to transform your mind. Under the sound of my voice, every person that comes into agreement and alignment with what it was said today, may this word not just be fulfilled in your ears, but may you completely be healed. Light be in your situation. Light be in your job, like be in your family, like be within your own body. Today, be healed. Again, thank you for listening, and I'll see you again on next time at Completely Healed by Planted Not Buried. I'm Juju Offbeat, signing out.